So I was just thinking about how my great my voice, singing voice is. I think I was a junior in high school, maybe a sophomore. And get this, I know it's a good thing you're all sitting down, but I was in the choir. I was, I was in the choir at school. And our choir got invited to, uh, in, in downtown Mansfield, Ohio, there was a big church. And we got invited to go to this church. I forget what, even why, what the special deal was, but we were invited to come and sing. And so I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm a bass, and I'm singing away. And our music teacher, there was an aisle right here, and she, came, she comes walking by me, and she stops. That's not so loud, she says to me. <laughs> that was my first clue I couldn't sing. <laughs> well, actually, that probably wasn't my first clue, but <laughs> she's supposed to be teaching me better. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <clears throat> so I've uh, been reading lately little parts of a biography of one of my uh, favorite theologians. Uh, maybe you've heard of him, R.C. Sproul. Anybody heard of R.C. Sproul? Uh, I put him in my top three uh, uh, theologians. You know, you, you can always put Billy Graham up there, you know, as a, uh, a preacher evangelist, right? Uh, for me, I also put A.W. Tozer there. He's an alliance man, author, pastor, you know, preacher again. And then R.C. Sproul and... Maybe not even in that order, but uh, those are my top three. And so I've been excited reading uh, some of his biography lately. Uh, R.C. passed away a year, maybe a year ago now, something like that. Just a tremendous ministry going uh, that he had. And uh, in his biography, he states uh, about the events that led up to his accepting Christ as Savior. Of course, he's going to put that in his biography. And he quotes a Bible verse, and uh, as probably all of us, you know, I bet all of us can say there was a particular Bible verse that, that really got our attention and led us into this uh, walk with Christ. Uh, and R.C. had a verse like that. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read this verse, and this would be a verse that, would have drawn you to Christ or not, but I want to put it up here, and it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 3. One verse here, verse 3. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Read that again to yourself. Does that sound like a verse that would lead you into saying, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? <laughs> Not for me, it didn't, <laughs> but it did for R.C. Sproul. So let's take a look at this verse. Uh, it's actually, when you dig into it and look at this verse, it's pretty exciting, I think. So let's take a look at it. Then he starts out, and the verse, first half of that verse says, If the clouds are full of water... They pour rain on the earth. Now, if you've been in Arizona any length of time, you know that rain can be very precious. 
we had quite a dry year last year, and I think it's already starting out again this way this year. You know, when Leslie and I moved to Arizona almost six years ago now, uh, and we experienced our first rain in Arizona, and we were amazed by the size of the raindrops. Have you noticed that? Have you stood out like, oh, it's going to rain. I think I'm going to go outside. And what, what do we hear on the roof? Those are raindrops. Let's go outside. And when the raindrops hit the ground, they're just huge <laughs> raindrops hitting the ground. That always amazed us the first time we saw that rain in Arizona uh, when we got here. Uh, you may remember, I think it was about three years ago now, uh, we had this massive amount of rain in the valley. And if you remember, the rain came down Tomahawk Road. A Tomahawk Road really looked like the mighty Mississippi, <laughs> a muddy river flowing down Tomahawk. And you remember what happened as a result of that? Out front of our community, because of some issues out front, the water actually diverted and came in to the community. And when it came into the community, you know, you, gotta, you, you have to love the way water flows. It goes to the area of least resistance. And so when it came in the front gate of our community, it immediately made a left-hand turn. And I, I still can't figure that one out, but it went and made a left-hand turn, went to the corner and made a right-hand turn which would have taken it right down across like in front of our house and, and down that road, right into the retention area. And uh, just the mud and the debris that came in with that amount of water and just that tremendous amount of water uh, that came in with that, uh, it makes you appreciate heavy rainstorms, I think. And I think in, the, in this verse, Solomon is making an observation that many farmers make. You know, they look to the skies after they've got their crops in and, and, and they watch for that much needed rain clouds to come in and water the crops. The farmers go out and they work their fields and they, they get it just right and they plant the crops and then it becomes a waiting game. <laughs> What's going to happen? Are we going to get a little bit of rain? Are we going to get a lot of rain? Are we going to get flooded by rain? What's going to happen? Will God provide rain that's needed, just about the right amount of rain that's needed for the crops to grow? I haven't heard it so much from uh, the farmers uh, that we know this year, uh, but for the last two summers, there's been a tremendous amount of rain like in the Midwest. Uh, I know people in Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio, they had issues getting out and even getting into the field to get crops out because of so much early rain in the spring. I uh, haven't heard so much of that starting and taking place yet this year. Have you had have you had God rain down on you? On your health? On your relationships? On your finances? On your fill in the blank. Have you had God rain down on you. See, God, God is willing to pour out His healing love on all of us. Listen to this song. So, no matter what your health, 
what your relationships, how your kids are growing. Healing rain from God can come falling down. I want you to take a look at a picture here. You maybe saw a brief glimpse of it there. But this picture was taken when our team from here went to Mexico two summers ago. Is that already two years? Uh, you see Leslie and uh, Wendy in the picture there. But look at the, what I want you to see there is the road in front of the church. Uh, I'm not looking. Costa Ligra Community Church where Dennis and Darlene attend and uh, in Malaki, Mexico. But look at that road. Nice, good, solid road. Well, yeah, it is until rain comes. Look at the road there. Can you see that? Here's another shot of a little house who's had its foundation wa washed away. Am I in the right picture? No, that's still the, the, the other picture in front of the church. You can actually see some water pipes, sewer pipes and stuff. There's the house where the foundation was washed away. Dennis, is this the house where the, the man had the house and the floor was just yeah, fell through? Fell through. Dirt, floor. dirt floor. As many of the homes down there have dirt floors. Remember, we put a cement floor in a house when we were down there and helped with that. Uh, Wash the floor right out from underneath the house. This is just down the, the corner from the church, right? Right, and that was before the walls of the Laguna gave in and that house was around the floor. So there was a... I, I, I asked Dennis the other day when we were talking about it, uh, how often does a rain like that come and hit Malaki, Mexico? Uh, this was a once-in-a-lifetime storm. And so I'm, I want Dennis and Darlene to come on up. Uh, are both of you going to come up and share a little bit, uh, or just Dennis? She has something she wants to share. Good. Okay. Come on up. Well, I want to do mine first because she's going to have questions after Dennis. Okay. Right, here, come up to the mic, and that way we can, they can hear you better. Yeah. Uh, um, as you all know, we live in Milwaukee, Mexico, and... Um, we have been involved in the food distribution. Uh, what we do is called dispenses. It's basically pantry food with rice, beans, et cetera, kind of thing. We distribute probably, oh, right around 50 or 60 bags a month of this. Um, this year was, matter of fact, just three months ago, we were contacted by a lady who owns a restaurant. Her name is Esmeralda, and she knows what we do there. And she came to me and she says, you know, you're missing some people that really are in need. And I, who are we missing? And she says, there's 13 elderly people that are shut-ins due to COVID and have no resources and need food. Well, the first, when I first heard about this, I got hooked up with this man. His name is Mari Mar and his lady friend named Martha, and they took me around and I gave them a regular dispensa. But as I was doing this, I saw that their need was not for pantry food, they needed fresh food. So I made arrangements with a lady on the corner who has a little store. She put together eggs, cheese, tomatoes, onions, 
tortillas, bolillos. We had a whole combination of a different type of, of fresh food for these people. And so we got together with Marimar and Martha and delivered this fresh food, and they were so excited. Eggs is a major food for them. So uh, they eat eggs for breakfast, they eat eggs for lunch, they eat eggs for dinner. So that was a real good thing that we did. And then um, this last month, what we wanted to do was a little bit something different. We actually hired a... Uh, chicken man from the town next to us and he made up in the 13 originally it was 13 people now it's grown to 15 people but we made up fresh chicken dinners they had whole chickens with rice and beans and tortillas and and um, salsa and we delivered that and getting a fresh chicken dinner there they cried they haven't been able to get that kind of thing and it turned out that the man who supplied these was got so involved and so excited. Not only was he um, wanted to get bigger, fatter chickens to give to us, but he reduced his price by quite a bit. And so we were able to do that and, and help out that way. But I just wanted to share that. Oh, and by the way, I also wanted to remind you or tell you, do you remember Dulcie who had the, the little girl who needed a new kidney? She passed away. And uh, we had a number of fundraisers. We were able to raise the money for the operation. We had a contact with a doctor in Guadalajara who was willing to do the surgery for free. So the money was going to be for the hospital. And um, it just didn't work out. Her blood pressure was so high, they couldn't do the surgery. Yeah, and so that didn't work. She passed away, so... Um, that was a very sad occasion this year. Anyway. I want to explain this picture just a little bit. Where you see the division between the rock and the brick, that's where the road was. Okay, the road was up to that level. This is the road in here. And then that, that building that's right behind it, the next week collapsed. And luckily, they weren't home when it did. Anyway, when we left here last August, uh, we got home just fine. A week later, we were tracking a hurricane um, off the coast. And luckily, it was not going to hit us uh, this year. So that wouldn't have been two in a row because we did get hit with one the year before. However, we did get the rain from it. Uh, like Dave said, it was a thousand-year storm, and the water level had never been as high as it was at that time. We got 25 and a half inches of rain in 24 hours. Um, and unfortunately, the sound, usually you think that the ground is going to slope towards the beach. Well, in Milwaukee, it doesn't. It's a, the beach is a little bit higher. So the water runs towards the uh, Laguna, and uh, due to some very poor engineering, they put a couple of bends in the canal, and then narrowed it, and made it shallower. And uh, there's some pipes and stuff running underneath one of the bridges, and so what was one of the first things that happened is that debris washed down, it blocked up that and created a wonderful dam and so the water started coming through town. 
Well, the place of least resistance was not this road, but the road in front of the church, because this is kind of kitty corner behind the church. Um, and it took that road out for a good quarter mile. It took out of there. They're now, we're actually getting a bricked road. Now they're starting to put that in. Uh, they brought it up. They're putting in sidewalks and um, bricking that. But the main thing was, was there were a lot of blessings in uh, this rainstorm. The way the people came together was absolutely amazing. Uh, I've got pictures that I didn't give Dave that um, showed these people lost everything. I mean, imagine water rushing through your house, some of the places um, as deep as five, six feet in your house. And this isn't just water, it's mud and it's fecal matter and, and just everything from the sewers because the first thing it does, we don't have a good sewer system in the first place and it just overflows everything. So these people have lost everything they had. This area in front of the church there, when it took that out, it took out all the infrastructure, so there was no water, no sewer, no nothing left. And um, so Darlene and I are looking around to see what we can do. And uh, as I drove through the areas, there were people would get their houses cleaned out and immediately go to their neighbors to help. It was amazing to see the groups of people that were going in to clean other people's houses. But everything came out. Everything they had. The food, the clothes, the beds. People were sleeping on the floors after they got them cleaned out. And I don't mean just sweeping out. You're, you're talking sometimes four or five inches of mud. Um, there are still places there that belong to Canadians where they didn't come down this year. That the driveways and stuff have... Uh, 10 foot trees growing in the, in the paved driveways that are growing in that mud on top of the, uh, the paving and stuff. But um, we're looking around and the government came in right away and got lists of people and they would bring in um, truckloads of food and you could see people walking down the street with buckets with mops and brooms and stuff that the government was giving out. One of the local groups um, had money coming in from a lot of Canadians that were, they were going out and buying new mattresses, uh, sometimes just pads. So these people had some place to sleep. Another group was buying stove tops and the government was bringing in food. And so we were looking around and you guys graciously sent down some money for us and, and Mark's church in, in Wichita sent down some money. And we had already gone to uh, one of the local laundromats because uh, there were pockets that didn't get flooded. Um, and one of these pockets was a lady that we had used for a couple of years when we lived in that particular part of town. And uh, we went to her and gave her some money and said, we want vouchers that we can pass out to people so they can bring their clothing down here to get them washed. Because they had no way to clean anything. They had no water. And um, that was the other thing. The government brought in a big truck that was doing water purification so they could take their jugs in and get water. But uh, so the beauty was we told this lady we wanted these vouchers for 100 pesos each. 
Well, she made them up for 120 pesos each. She donated 20 pesos out of her own pocket to help out. And uh, then we got uh, money from you guys. And we're going, what, what should we do? You know, trying to figure out what they needed most. And Darlene came up with the idea, well, nobody can work. Everybody's trying to get their houses back together. What can we do? And she says, what about their medications? and bills, they still have to pay their bills and all of this stuff. And so what we did was we divided that money up and took, uh, went around, we put it in envelopes so that nobody saw us doing any, you know, passing out money. Uh, and we would go to those the most in need and we gave them the envelopes so that they would be able to get their medications and stuff. And that's how you guys helped. And we're still, like I said, some people are still bailing out, uh, but uh, it's coming along. Thanks. That's uh, that's great. And uh, you, we uh, we had received uh, an offering, and we had received five hundred dollars, and the church leadership matched that, and we sent a thousand dollars from Desert Road uh, down to Mexico. Uh, Mark's church, who Mark went with us when we went down, uh, their church contributed another $500. And so in each envelope, about how many pesos were in an envelope? A thousand pesos. A thousand pesos in each envelope. So you imagine a family who's struggling at this moment, can't pay, pay their utility bill or get some medications to receive a thousand pesos. Uh, yeah, I mean that for us that's fifty dollars, but for them, for them a thousand pesos is a at that time was about a month's wages. So uh, I wanted you to hear that and and know that uh, again, just like that song said, healing rain can come down also uh, even in the midst of of tragedies like that. Uh, I. When I read this verse of R.C. Sproul, and it hit me also because, okay, now I don't want this to sound weird, but I think about my life and what am I going to leave? What kind of a footprint am, am, am I going to leave in this world? Uh, you ever think about that? You know, uh, I don't, I hope at the end, when I take that final breath, that I don't think that my life was just nothing, was, was without some benefit, this side of heaven. And, and I, so I, I mean, I think about that quite often, and I don't know, maybe that's weird, I don't know. But when you look at the rest of this verse that is in Ecclesiastes 11.3, the second half of the verse, it says, whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. When I die, some funeral home, they're going to place me in the ground, unless I'm cremated, then they'll place me somewhere else. And I may lie there, with my head to the south or my head to the north or east or west, however they place me in the ground, 
I'll lie there until Christ returns. After my life ends, I'll not be able to serve those in need. I won't be able to take items to the Genesis Project. I won't be able to travel to Mexico to help on a mission trip or to send money to people in need. None of us will after we're gone from this life. Where we fall, that's where we're going to lie. Is what this verse is saying. So what about now? See, we have the ability to, to pour out rain on the earth in the form of help to those who are in need. And Jesus, he told us what to, what to do right now in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he says. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples. We need to go. We need to serve. Because why? Jesus has all the authority. And he said to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. How? <laughs> Somebody says that, right? How? How am I going to go, Pastor Dave? Where am I going to go? Well, again, one of the verses that we claim in the Christian and Missionary Alliance is part of our marching orders. Acts 1.8, you've heard me say this before. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How? When we receive. Did I underline it? I underlined it. When we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We receive God's grace and love through His Son, Jesus Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Have we received? Do we willingly want and are we open to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? Because let me tell you, when we do, not just us are changed. We change people around us. We change the world for Christ. Not of our own. Oh, man. I've tried it many times on my own and flat on my face in my attempts. But when it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, hell has no way to control us. Satan has no way to control us because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody ought to say amen. Come on, people. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that changes the world. Through us, through you, through all of us. And where do we go? We've looked at this verse before. We go to Jerusalem. We go to Judea. We go to Samaria. Then we go to the ends of the earth. 
we go. <laughs> I can't go. You know how many times I've heard that from people? I can't go. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the ability. I can't go. If we plan another mission trip, not if, when we plan another mission trip, and you have an interest in going, do not ever come and stand before me and say, Dave, uh, I, I can't go. I, I, you know, I don't think I can get the money to pay for that trip. I, what am I going to do? You know, I don't have those kind of abilities needed on a mission field. Politely, Christian way, I'll say, baloney because you'll receive the power when the Holy Spirit fills you and comes on you and there is nothing you can't do for the kingdom nothing I've got stories of taking people on mission trips that I can share with you for another hour and a half of people that thought they couldn't go and couldn't serve and couldn't be a benefit and changed the world and changed them also. Maybe you can't go. You know, Sharon, you don't have the energy to go right now. But you know what? We can all pray. We can all pray for Malaki, Mexico. We can all pray. I'll bet you right now, Papenfuss's pray for people in Africa. Is that, is that a fair statement? Say yes. Please say yes. You know? And the people around us also. I can't go. You know what I put in my notes in capital letters? All capital letters? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. And it doesn't have to be physically. It can be through prayer. It can be through sending finances, and that's going and helping in a mission field. You got to believe that you can. You got to know that you can because of the power of God through the working of the Holy Spirit. Father, as we come and think about this verse and your healing rain can pour down on us, Lord, what what I think about at the last half of that verse is what is my life going to be when it ultimately falls and it's there it's going to lie. Lord, will it be a benefit to serving your kingdom while I can? Father, I completely believe in the power of Jesus Christ and his name and the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in that total resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. In his name I pray, amen.